and one single tear slid down my face. <laughs> Yo, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, we were recording all of that. You guys didn't catch the quick tail end of uh, my two guests. Um, he said it himself. Akbar face and Wanda Sykes face. Will from 123 Pins and my good CJ. Um, Formerly of Two Dope Smarks podcast up here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and we were doing an icebreaker about uh, quarantine haircuts because CJ is a part of Illuminati and got a haircut appointment. <laughs> I had someone tell me it would be forty dollars for a bald head, and I kind of quickly left that conversation. Like, nah, I'm good. Well, well, I can't. I can't confirm if my third grade teacher may or may not have gotten sacrificed for this haircut. But I can't confirm that. How you gentlemen doing? I'm good, man. I'm good, chilling. Good, man. Another day in quarantine, man. Yeah, man. This quarantine should have been starting to fuck with me a little bit, but no. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I wanted to open up asking you guys, what is the first thing you're going to do once outside opens back up? I'm, I'm Listen, the first place with alcohol and food, I'm going <laughs> to Me? Get a shape up. <laughs> I'm going right to my barber, yo. I told my, I told my barber, I was like, yo, save me a spot. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, both extremely valid um, things. CJ, I was on your your wavelength. I got a bald head, so I can cut my own hair. Yeah, and exactly. It's jacked up. Like I'm in the house. Nobody gonna see. Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> Besides, but, I'm um, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure after quarantine is done, if you pull up to the function with an an okay haircut, like it doesn't have to be as crisp. I'm pretty sure people's gonna understand because nobody's really gonna give a fuck. Everybody's just gonna hey, be happy gonna... to be out the house. We've been in the house for two months. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nigga, my okay haircut is the George Jefferson, so I cannot <laughs> I cannot pull up to the function with the George Jefferson. I uh, I already know. That's why I try to keep it as low as possible. Um, but I was having a conversation uh, just trying to figure out, like, what a bar scene is going to look like once things get back to normal. Like, you got the bar scene where you got all these chairs at the bar. How does that look? How does, like, going out to eat in general how does that look now once outside does open up again i i think I that okay i'm like i'm like what goes first because i was gonna say I, I know right before the quarantine ended uh my employer was like emptying out spaces so like taking away chairs so that we could uh stay within the social distancing order um so i can very much see that happening just like restaurants are open but just way less occupancy mm-hmm like I was gonna say, I was gonna say, me being in the uh, in the heart of New York City and Manhattan, I think that even with quarantine being over, and even with like you know them starting to reopen businesses and people starting to get back out there into the world, it's gonna be a very very different world from the world that we're used to. I think people are still gonna practice social distancing. We're still gonna see a lot of the face mask and the gloves. It's just. Um, um, and, and not so much like as, as for anything other than it being like a precaution. Like, you know, we always hear about these things throughout history and it's never a one-time thing and then it goes away completely. We always hear about that second wave and that's what's even scarier than, you know, this first initial wave. 
For sure. Like, I, I, I completely agree with you on that, which is why I'm not rushing to go back out. Like, if I got to go to work, I got to go to work. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be in nobody movie theater. I'm not going to be in nobody restaurant for a little while because, yeah, like, every every pandemic pretty much has had some type of a second wave. So I'm not right. trying to get caught up exactly. in any of that. Exactly. Yo, that movie thing you mentioned is so crazy because um, we already saw the restructuring with uh, Netflix. But now we're people are releasing movies straight to like uh digital so like i don't have to go to the movie like that's gonna be a huge uh mountain for movie theaters to, to overcome once this does open up again because i picks were closing before the pandemic yep yeah now and i fully agree i was talking to a homeboy who works in the in, the, in that industry who we all know and he was kind of on the side of like well universal is wrong and i'm like dog i like i get it you work for the movie theaters like this is your bread and butter but if i'm gonna keep it 100 even if they keep it at 20 dollars, let's just say fast eight comes out for 20 dollars. you you don't think i'm gonna get a bunch of my homeboys and we just gonna sit there watch it in my crib yeah that's not fat for 20 dollars, you can go buy some pizza and split that and it would still be less than you all get- of us going to the movies and getting food yeah, you can get five dollars a man, and it's lit. You could get right. <laughs> like movie theaters are at a severe disadvantage if, if video on demand becomes a thing for new release. Well, I mean, they had that meme. They had that meme going around that it's like, how is it that the movie theaters don't have money when you're charging me fifty dollars for a soda and a popcorn on top of the <laughs> well, ticket price? <laughs> because they work on very, very low, very, very thin margins. So like. They're barely breaking. They're like they're not making a lot of money on. Like, they make all their money on food, but they're not making any money on on movie tickets because the publishing houses and the the movie companies get most of that. Now they get a bit, of course, but they make most of their money on the food. Hence, why it costs them. Much. The crazy part is like even if you decided to splurge and say like the four K movie costs thirty forty dollars, you still break right. Uh-huh. Better at your crib, paying uh-huh. forty dollars, having people come over mm-hmm. than going out. Let's say you want a date. Tickets is what? But that's different, right? No, no, I'm just saying, like, let's, let's, like, because no person that I, well, I know a couple of people that go by themselves, but, and that's not, not, not knocking people that go to movies by themselves. But say you go to a movie with somebody, you're usually paying for your ticket, their ticket. If there's food involved, well, if you were upscaling with the iPick, now you're paying right. almost twenty something dollars just for the seats anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're talking about going to the movie theater. If it's a dining theater where they bring the food and drinks to you, not like you, you easily just spent a hundred dollars at the movies. Mm-hmm. Easily. Now that's, now that's the one thing that I did mention in that conversation I had with that person was like, yo, there are situations like there's a spot near us called Cinnabar. Same concept. Like you sit in there, stadium seats, they bring you food, you can drink alcohol, all like all that good stuff. And it's more expensive than a movie. And typically when wifey and I go, it's usually sixty to eighty dollars once we're all done. But for certain for certain movies or certain date nights, that's cool. But that's definitely not the regular. So, like, movie theaters wouldn't die, I don't think. But they would definitely close down. I think of it like GameStop. There will be a lot less GameStops around. But GameStop, mm-hmm. is, GameStop isn't going to close. <clears throat> mm, I, I don't know about that either, bro. Like, I can see, like, it, it's like a slow... It's like a slowly phasing out thing. Like, this is like... It's like you're inching them more and more towards the door. Like, all right, we, we're not going to immediately throw you out, but we're kind of getting you the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> right. But, but I, I, always think, I always think there's going to be a place, like, even if it's a niche thing, like, look at, dri- look at drive-thru, drive-thru movies. Drive-thru uh-huh. movies used to be the way to see a movie. Now, uh-huh. it's, a very, it's a very niche 
thing to go to a drive-in movie. And that, mm-hmm. that may end up happening with the regular movie theaters. Like, they'll still be around, but it, it ain't going to be three in every corner like it is now. <clears throat> That's true, because, I mean... Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. I mean, but I mean, how long? How long have they gotten away with really jerking the crowd anyway? Forever, exactly. Like, <laughs> <The> whole, <laughs> forever. It wasn't. It wasn't until this pandemic where it like was brought to light that we were mm-hmm. like we we went to movies like oh fam fifteen dollars mm-hmm. a movie is crazy oh fam seventeen dollars a movie but we still went. It wasn't mm-hmm. this pandemic. Where we're sitting on a couch and you're saying, "Oh, Bad Boy Three just digitally released everywhere." Like, what? Okay, like mm-hmm. that changes the scope when you're at home and you're like, "Okay, I used to complain about going to the movies, but I was still going. Now I don't have to worry about it because it's coming right to me." But you want to know? You know, see, for me, it's a little bit different than that too because I myself, I know a lot of people who have worked in movie theaters. Like, I have mm-hmm. really good, really close friends. Who have worked in movie theaters throughout my life, and I could say that it was if it was a, if it was companies that actually treated their employees good and actually, you know what I'm saying, were more geared to the people that work for them, then I kind of would feel bad. But movie theaters right. shit on their employees all the time, so this is these aren't companies that I feel bad for because they're filing bankrupt and you know they may never open again. Sure, I, and me, anybody that knows me knows I love movies. And I love going to the movies. Like, that's always been one of my favorite pastimes. But I don't feel bad for AMC. You shit on people all the time. Like, you should, like, you've gotten over on the public for years and you're not even good to your employees. Fuck off. Like, now it's time, (laughs) like, now it's time, like, now it's time for somebody else to step in and actually do things the right way and give people, because that's another thing. This leaves the door open for somebody else to say, you know what? I want to take going to the movies and, like, as I like to call them, shout out to Dane Cook, cinematic adventures. I want to take this to another. <laughs> I want to take this to another level. I want to give people a different experience. That this yeah. completely leaves the door open for that. You said cinematic adventures, and that's probably Dane Cook is my guy. Um, yeah, Dane Cook. If you if you've never seen the Dane Cook comedy special, um, do yourself a favor and YouTube. Uh, Harmful is swallowed. I know it's a wild, plausible statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably one of the funnier uh, stand-ups. I, I remember hearing it in college and, like, tears. Like, not being able yeah. to because of this Dane Cook thing. Mm-hmm. But, sidebar, uh, off of the Dane Cook conversation um, and just cinematic adventures, uh, that's sort of kind of what this last dance has been. Uh, these- oh, Absolutely. These journeys through uh, that Bulls final season, um, three and four were released, and five and six will be coming out by the time you guys hear this. But three and four released. I wanted to get you guys' opinions on one, the Bulls of that era, and more specifically, episodes uh, three and four. Well, you know, respectfully, me being a Knicks fan, fuck the Bulls. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Um, not right. being biased. As a kid growing up in the '90s, all I all I did was see my Knicks either struggle to beat Indiana or constantly lose to Chicago. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's not a I'm I'm not really fond memories, but it is good to see <laughs> because I, I I love sports, so I love seeing the behind the scenes stuff. So seeing like the drama that was going on and seeing how like yeah, so to be honest, Mike Mike's vulnerability, like to see 
that Mike was honestly held to the same the same narrative that LeBron is being held to now. Oh, he can't win the big one. He can't win by himself. And like you don't hear that retrospectively now a lot, obviously because he's the goat. But it was it was good to hear that in context before he could win a championship. Like people were doubting him too. But you want to know what the great thing about it is that now you can compare and contrast exactly what you said. And this is this this is my thing. The fact that LeBron has been publicly criticized his entire career because he had to deal with something that Jordan didn't have to, and that's social media. Social media came through and gave any motherfucker with a keyboard and Wi-Fi a voice and an opinion that people can follow and listen to, and then that kind of became like where all these public debates that go on for two, three hundred mm-hmm. comments on these threads. LeBron has dealt with that his whole career. He doesn't know how to not deal with that. If Jordan, like now, what this documentary is telling me, if Jordan would have had to deal with social media back in that era, and the like, the fucking mental, the mental exhaustion that it puts on a person, he probably wouldn't have won as much as he did. I disagree with you on one point, and that is uh, Michael Jordan was a competitor. I don't think Michael right. was the social media person. Um, I think he would have had like uh, a team doing his stuff for him. But oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not taking anything away from his competitiveness. What I'm saying is his mental capacity and how his like his stance on things are. But like, that's what I'm ego, speaking to. His, his I don't ego think... was a little too much for me with that shit. Like he's like, like you know the the. He has a problem with anybody saying anything bad about him, which is why this documentary got released in the first place. But this, oh yeah, Mike, that's, that's Mike is a perfectionist, though. That's that's what I'm saying. And the mental toughness, I think Mike is of that. Cl- he played against the Pistons, like, and that was one of the things that we're gonna get into. He played against the Bad Boy Pistons. A nigga on social media saying, "Oh, Mike, you suck this game." Like, I don't think that would have bothered him as much as him losing the game or losing the series. Um, that he felt like I, I should have, we should have won this game. We should have won this series. No, no, I don't see, think he would have been as affected by the. Uh, granted, he didn't have to deal with it, so we don't know. But I don't think he would have right. been affected by no, Joe see, Schmo. No but, that's the, no, but that's the thing, though, bro. I'm not talking about Joe Schmo doing that. I'm talking about Dennis Rodman saying something online that he may not like. I'm talking oh, about yeah. Scotty. I'm talking about Scotty Pippen who has every right in the book to talk shit about him online, actually having a Twitter account and can say, you know what? Fuck Michael. Like, I'm talking about those. I'm talking about the sports writers. I'm talking about the other te- the mm-hmm. players on other teams. I'm talking about, see, everybody has done this throughout LeBron's whole career. We've heard it on ESPN. We've heard it from other team members. We've heard it from other players in the league. Kyrie went and talked shit about him. He had to deal with all of that and still had to somehow produce. If Jordan would have had to go through all of that shit on top of it, I don't think that 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 this whole thing would have played out the way it did. That's I just that's just my humble opinion. It is. I think for me, it's multiple ways of looking at it. Because one, I think about to me, Twitter is one thing, and yes, that it can be draining. But me, like you have beat writers in your face every night. These same people who are exactly. writing articles about you. Asking mm-hmm. you questions, you you can't snap off. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least on mm-hmm. Twitter, you can you can get something slick in, you can say something and and, and craft a response. But mm-hmm. when you got a beat writer holding a recorder in your face talking about yo, why'd you shoot two for fifteen last tonight? And you know this same dude just wrote an article talking shit about you in the newspaper, like that's that's different. <laughs> it's different. Let me say something. Twitter, Let me say something. Back. 
Let me tell you something. You don't think Michael Jordan would have had the burner account on deck? You don't think he would have yeah, put oh, a KD? Absolutely. You don't think he wouldn't have put a KD? Bro, he would have had. Yeah, exactly. You, you mentioned you mentioned Robin or somebody talking about um saying something about him on social media. Um, in order to really understand Robin, you got to go to the 30, 30, 30 for thirty doc on him and then yeah. watch that episode yeah. of uh, the Last Dance when they when they were speaking about Robin. But um, I looked at that and said, Yo, Dennis Robin is a, was a rock star. He didn't have he social was. media to yeah. be. A bigger rock, but he was a rock star. He and was, and he lived like he lived like it. He lived every single moment of his life like it. He lived it, but he also put in the work to be like the best defensive player on the floor. Him, yeah. Hearing him talk about defense in that doc and listen, fan, <laughs> him saying, "Yeah, I would have my friends come in and shoot, like just shoot at the basket, so I would know how it spun." Oh, Mike, mm-hmm. shoot here! I got to position my body like that. That that's. Mm-hmm. A mental intelligence in terms of sports that your Peyton Mannings, your Ray Lewis's, your Je- your Derek G, like it's that level of sports IQ that's like, dag, yo, like you did, you just let niggas shoot, and you were just standing there trying to position yourself to see like the back effect or the spin or how things are going. Like that's crazy to me. Oh, but when, see, I, that's when I watch that, it's about some to see No, 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 I was gonna say, but see, that's that's another thing that's great to me about this documentary is that it's showing. It's showing firsthand and showing, especially for like the younger crowd and the newer crowd and people who haven't gone back and watched these games and done their research and, you know, know about these things. It's showing how great the caliber of players that Mike had around him. Like, I love Mm -hmm. that it focuses on him, but I love that it focuses more on the team because it's like. You know, for everybody, oh, LeBron couldn't do this. LeBron couldn't do that. He went to the cha- he went to the to the to the championship all x amount of times that he didn't win, bro. When Jordan didn't have Pippen and when Rodman was fucking up, they started zero and four and lost it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost Ruggle. to the worst team in the whole entire league. And this is the person that you guys are, you know, what I'm saying, like that they cape for and say, oh, you know, he's. And that's another thing, like, you know, people are so quick to, oh, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Yeah, but you can't tell me outside of championship series, like, five Michael Jordan games that he actually went off on. You know what I'm saying? Like, list them individually. Like, it's just, you know, it's it's exposing a lot, a lot, a lot behind the, the whole stigma of Michael Jordan and him being the GOAT. And that's what I love the well, most about it. A lot of it for us is we grew up, like, for me, and I, I had a conversation with my wife because I, I was explaining some of it. She wasn't really watching a lot of it, but she was still trying to see what I was watching. No, and no. I was explaining, like, I really, as a kid, only really remember, because I was born in 88, so I really only remember the second uh, three-peat. The, the second three-peat, right, yeah, exactly. I, was, I was really too young to remember. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of the Nick games, like, I remember the Charles Smith game, unfortunately. Yeah. I remember... My parents being pissed at the end of the 94 finals. But, like, for me, Jordan's second run, like, I vividly remember his last shot against mm-hmm. Like, I vividly remember watching that with my aunt. So, this is kind of filling in the gaps to the shit that I didn't see. Like, I didn't, get, I didn't see non-superstar Jordan. All, by the time I was watching basketball, he was ball-headed and just dominating everybody. So, to see young Mike and see what he was dealing with and everything like that and how he got to being a champion... It's been fantastic. Yeah, same, bro. I was born in 89, and I, like, you know, I remember very minimal about the first three-peat, 
But the second three P, I was already, you know, it was it was fucking Space Jam. Like it was, you know, Michael Jordan was the he guy was, when it came, you know, like it was he was the biggest athlete on the planet at that point. So, mm-hmm. you know, like it's you know it exactly what you said. It's it's definitely filling in all the gaps to like yo I I I kind of remember this, but I don't remember it as well as me seeing it now and me watching it play out. It's just necessary. I know any co-signing on what Corey said earlier, like, definitely, if you haven't already seen it, watch Dennis Rodman's 30 for 30, because yeah. as much as his episode of uh, The Last Dance, it seemed like he really went into detail, like, no, that 30 for 30 went way deeper than I thought it would. And mm-hmm. to see how much he was dealing with and his insecurities and all that kind of stuff, it was an amazing watch. It can be a little tough at times because some of the stuff that he went through, but it, it just reinforced the fact that I said, yo, if Dennis Rodman was a superstar right now, he would probably be the biggest superstar in the league. Mm-hmm. Because his, his, his gender fluidity, his openness to be beyond societal norms, like he would be an absolute megastar. Besides the fact that on the court, he's this big, tough dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, he's openly wearing wedding dresses. And even now, like, has his, both, of his, both of his nostrils pierced, his lips pierced. He was wearing light makeup. And his fingernails, and his fingernails are painted. Like, mm-hmm. but nobody's going to say nothing to you because you're 6'8 and 285 pounds. So it, it's just crazy to me to think, like, as much as a superstar he was back then, he would have been twice as big, if not bigger, right now. Let me tell you something, bro. For, for for a masculine guy, like a guy who has toxic masculinity, that's his worst <laughs> fucking nightmare. That is his worst nightmare. A guy in a dress with his nails painted and leopard skin hair basically bullying you on the basketball court. And winning championships. And winning. Like he's he's not just he's not just a six eight dude. No, he's a he's a Hall of Famer at, at mm-hmm. six eight. One of the best rebounders of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the th- one of the things that the um, because both of those docs, one spoke more so about Robin than Phil. Um, I got my own beef with Phil, but him being able to always be in a position to manage multiple like oh. personalities, mm-hmm. and like even when Robin went on his uh, little <laughs> vacation, vacation, mm-hmm. you sending the best player in the world, not the publicist, not nobody, yo, Mike. I need you to go to his room and get him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just showing you, like, fam, like, you're, you, you, granted, you might be the poster child of NBA. I hear you, but we're a team, and right now, we need your coach. that nigga mm-hmm. right Yeah, we need that mm-hmm. nigga, and we need you to go get that nigga and bring him back with you. Mm-hmm. But that's why, at that time, Phil was arguably the greatest coach in the world like how do you like you know what i'm saying like you, you think about coaches throughout history do you think that anybody else in his position would have been able to make that situation work i don't no look at I mean, um, I, go ahead. i was gonna say the the for me the blaring example of somebody not knowing how to handle like just a personality is george carl yeah. when um mellow was in denver George Carl, like, lost his mind. Came out with a book talking about how Mello was just a, a, a horrible person afterwards. It was like, bro, you're his coach. You think Larry Brown um, mm-hmm. coming out with a book about Allen Robinson? No. Him and, Allison, mm-hmm. him, him and AI fought 
every day. But at the right. end of the day, when AI won that MVP, who the first person he called for? Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. Larry Brown. And it, and it's something, and that, that goes back to what I was about to say as well. Like seeing Phil so effort, well, look, uh, looks effortlessly handle all those personalities and how he, especially how he after that came after his great career, winning championships and stuff like that. It's baffling to me how bad he failed handling Carmelo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's I like agree. okay, so either. You were really out of your depth at being a team exec, exec, which I don't think is the case, or you just took the paycheck, which is what I think is the case. Because I think if if Phil was fully engaged, just like he was with the Lakers, just like he was with the Bulls, just like he was as a player, like the Knicks would have been absolutely fine. And Carmelo, that that would have, I think Carmelo would have still been around. We still would have had KP, and this entire situation would have been completely different if Phil was checked in, but he wasn't. You know, my issue is, my issue, I'm going to let you talk, CJ. My issue with Phil is he didn't have Pat Riley's approach. Pat Riley owned the Heat and then got on the bench and said, I'm going to coach until I can get somebody to come in here and coach for me. Phil came in New York and his mind was, I'm only going to be an executive. I'm going to pick somebody. They're going to run this and this is how the team's going to operate versus him coming down to the sidelines and saying, okay. I need to insert my presence here so that you can hear me on the floor. So when I move up to a higher spot, the person that's here that I put here can do like manage the ship when I'm up, up in the box. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, all you heard about was, was that he wanted this coach to implement the triangle. This coach to implement. I'm like, dog, go implement it yourself. Like you can, I mean, if you, if you want to build a squad that runs the triangle, which is a very specific type of, of system, then yeah, like like Corey said, you do what, what what Phil did, and you you sit there and coach that team until you have a spolster that you can trust to be you on the sidelines. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with y'all. All I'm saying is, it we it can also be that you know, front office and the higher ups wanted other things from Phil as well, because at the end of the day what's been the one consistent thing that has fucked us over as a team. Oh, James Stone. But yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to point fingers, but who's the person that we always point the finger at? Right. And that, that could be a whole separate pod by itself. Yeah. yeah. It, it, <laughs> exactly. it, it was, I like the fact, like, like you said, going back to the, the doc, like that they are spending time establishing who these other men are. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just Jordan and Jordanaires. Like, no, these are real men that had real shit going on. Like, because that it, it makes sense when you give arguably to at arguably during Jordan's run, you could you can make an argument that Pippen was the second best player in the league. So, when you when you put in a context that he's you no, know, he's the youngest of 12 and he's his family's piss poor in Arkansas, it makes sense why somebody would prematurely sign a seven year, $18 million deal. When you were the mm-hmm. second best player in the league, that makes mm-hmm. me, like today that shit would never happen, ever. Like to to, to sign something so under your market value would never mm-hmm. happen because you would have somebody like Rich Paul or Jay Z or, or or a smart agent in your ear like, no, use this endorsement money, do this, and hold on. But because of that, because of his economic background, he took an he took a deal that ironically helped them win championships so they could put more talent around them, but also 
he was being criminally underpaid that entire run. Let me tell you something. When I know we're talking about episodes three and four, but at the very end of episode two, when Scotty was going through it with management and they asked Michael Jordan how he felt about it. And he says, I think Scotty's being selfish. I haven't been that mad in quite some time. Like that that pissed me off bad. But very, very CJ, bad. in order order to take that into consideration, you have to go to the very first thing um Mike yep. said when he started th- that doc is when you mentioned Michael Jordan, you mentioned Scotty mm-hmm. Pippen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But so, you but you again, you're in the mix of all of these things. You know exactly what's going on. I'm not gonna I'm not going to sit here and believe that you being the highest paid athlete, the highest, you know, like the the guy on that team, you didn't know what was going on with the Scotty financially. You knew exactly what was going on. So if you were to say something like him being selfish in that situation, especially when you yourself being the star of the team have your own issues with management, it's fucking crazy. Well, I see it a different way. I see it as like, yo, that's your, like, we always talk about don't, don't pocket check another man or don't, you know, don't be watching somebody else's money. And so my thing is, it's like, yo, you signed that contract, man. Like, nobody, nobody made you sign that contract. You know what I mean? No, no, so no, no. You're, 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 in year, you're in year six of seven, shut up and play ball, and then go get a new contract. Because no, you no. complaining and bitching about this money is being selfish because we're trying to win another championship. It's like, I get it. it is it tone deaf? Yes. But no, I get no, no. it. But see, but see, that's the thing, though. Exactly. That's the thing, because... You knowing how much that man contributes to you winning the championship and you being the star on the team, that's for you to step in and be like, yo, listen, I don't know whatever's going on between y'all. I don't have the full details. All I'm saying is make it right. Not for you to turn around and say that he's being fucking selfish. Because me being selfish is doing exactly, like, me being selfish would be, all right, you know what? Now when this shit is all said and done with, I'm going to ask for all of this money and you know, not put anything like it wasn't like Scotty wasn't saying, "Oh, you know, what I'm saying I don't care about what's going on with the team." Or he's just underpaid. Like, how was it that you have? I mean, to be fair, second- Scotty did Scotty did wait until the last minute to get that surgery, and he said he did it purposely. Yeah. So, I, I, and so I, I that did- also ties into that also ties into the selfishness angle of it because I'm like, same thing, fam. Go get this shit taken care of so that we can go win this championship. I and, and it hit a team of mine recently, Cam Newton. Two years ago, when he hurt his shoulder, he waited until February to get, we, to get surgery, and he still wasn't right two years later, leading to him being released. So how, I could right. argue and say that shit was selfish. Right, but how are we saying, how are we saying that it's somebody being selfish for not taking care of a team that's not taking care of him? I think because that's he signed not, a contract. Yeah, I think that's not MJ's Yeah, but contracts place. get re- contracts get restructured all the time. You know, especially when you especially when you perform way more than what you're expected to. But remember what remember what the owner said. What did Jerry Krause say? He said, "Look, I'm going to give you this money. Don't come back to me." And what did Scotty say? "I won't." So, we're now 6 years later and you're regretting that. The owner told you from jump, "I'm not renegotiating this deal." Because why should I? I realize I have gold in my hands and I just got it for under market value. Why in the world would I give you more money earlier than I have to if I don't want to? Now, of course, I could out of the kindness of my heart give you an extension because, yes, you are the second best player in the league. But legally, I don't have to go. I have to do a damn thing. 
because See, you that's where deal and I and I got you in the contract. That's where it comes down to judgment call. Is it you do the right thing and you take care of the guy who is literally helping your franchise win championships, or do you say, you know what, I'm gonna you know hold things the way I want to and fuck you and however you you still got to fill out your contract, but that's that. Like as a as a non millionaire, I say yo, that's fucked up. As somebody who would love to be in that position, making those decisions. Nah, bro, you in the contract. We can talk after then, the season. Because then, you know, because the, <laughs> then here's the thing, though. If you figure if winning championships and doing all of that was so important to them, let's say they smooth things over with Scotty financially, right? Mm-hmm. And then they decide to keep Phil for another three or four or five. Oh, years. I, I completely agree. Where you going? I completely agree. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now you go from having two three piece to now you guys possibly win ten NBA championships, right? And and I was, that was gonna be my next point is that that hubris of not only Reinsdorf but Kraus cost them more championships because mm-hmm. if you like you said you go ahead and rip that deal up you give Scotty what he deserves you don't treat Phil like he's not one of the greatest coaches of all time even at that time mm-hmm. and disrespect him and say oh you won't be back like you you just keep everything going you add and the young you, gotta, you trade who you need to trade Michael Jordan now you have you a happy, got a Michael, happy Jordan. Michael Jordan. With a couple well, of years of his prime. Exactly. So, yeah, I fully agree. But look what Hubris gets you. <laughs> but the, the, the part to that that's um, – I don't want it to go underlooked because I think the doc made people feel bad for Scotty. Um, when he left and went to Portland – Oh, he got the bag, dog. Yeah. Let's, let's not act like uh, we're feeling sorry for Scotty mm-hmm. who made almost $70 million post his six rings <laughs> – with the, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. When you work at a place and you bring all of these tremendous accolades to that place, I just believe that the place should do right by people like that. Yeah. I mean, he definitely got now, it on the go, back end, but and it's not forget exactly, either. Exactly. He had he had a Nike deal. Let's not yeah. forget about that. Yeah. Listen, you're not gonna play next to Michael Jordan, who has the famous, the most famous basketball sneaker of all time, and not get a Nike deal. You getting a deal? Hey. How many deals has 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 LeBron got for people? Yo, we can nope, talk about nope. Tristan Thompson's shitty contract, and that's mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. He got like, Tristan nope. Thompson that shitty ass contract. We could, we could keep it a bean, bro. Nobody was giving Kyrie a sneaker before LeBron. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. As nice as Kyrie was, and he was my favorite player at one point, nobody was giving that man a, a sneaker before LeBron. He quarterbacked that whole contract with Nike. We can battle about this all day and all night, but we still have <laughs> a couple more episodes to go. And uh, I might need to have you niggas back up here together again so we can uh, have a, a conversation at another time. Hey, about I'm down for it, man. I'm going to I got nothing to do. I got putting nothing to do. Putting that out there now. I usually save that for the end, but I'm putting that out there now. But uh, I'm with it. I got to get into some, uh, some beef because me and Will had this battle recently. Um... He put out that he wanted to use Chris Brown in a battle, and nobody took him up mm-hmm. on his battle. So I hit him up on the side and said, "Yo, you want to do a battle? I'll take you. I'll take you on, Chris Brown." He said, "Yeah, who you got?" I said, "I ain't even want to tell you. I just want you to show up." They laughed at me, and I said, "Let's go, Chris versus Rihanna. The jokes write themselves. I get it." <laughs> My thought process was, "Here we go. No pun intended. Hit for hit." Rihanna could keep up with Chris. Mm. CJ, 
CJ was in. <laughs> well, yeah, you know I was in there. <laughs> CJ was in the battle. So right now, we're going to do a round-by-round round breakdown of uh, how Will scored it, how CJ is a non-no-dog-in-the-fight uh, mm-hmm. guest scored it, and how I scored it on the other end of that. So, I can read them off. You guys are going to pull up the list. I got it. Uh, first round. Yeah, I got it, too. So. I had Rihanna. Will had Chris Brown. So, I went first. Bitch better have my money versus wall-to-wall. Um, I was surprised you came out with that one. I mean, that's a good one to swing. That's a, that's a that's a hell of a good first swing. So I, I thought you were gonna hold that for a lot longer, to be honest. You know what's funny? I didn't. I, yeah, I, I'm. Um, <clears throat> I, the way I scored that opening round, I had um, I had bitch better have my money with that opening round. I'm not gonna lie, because as big as Walter Wall was, and don't get me wrong, it was a huge record. It wasn't one of his defining records, I feel like. Right. I feel like Chris Brown, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Chris Brown has those records that as soon as you hear the name Chris Brown, you think of. And Walter Wall wasn't one of those for me. But Bitch Better Have My Money is definitely one of Rihanna's, like, because just because I remember being outside at that point, and I mm-hmm. remember seeing the emotion in women when they used to sing that record, and I'm like, oh, she got one, like. She got one with this one. Like it's crazy because like Wall to Wall was in the middle of what you can call Chris's prime, like mainstream prime, mm-hmm. um, and so like he had so many songs. It, it it reminds me of like to a smaller extent, like Ty Dolla Sign. How Ty Dolla Sign is everywhere. Um, yeah. like Chris was everywhere on everybody's songs, and so like some mm-hmm. songs like Wall to Wall or Freeze with T Pain get missed. Because he was dropping so much stuff at that time, but it was still a massive hit. Which is people forget, like that thriller video that he had with Wall to Wall. Like that shit was a yeah, massive yeah. hit. Yeah. So how did you score it? Because I had uh, read that round, not because of my own bias of me. Because uh, you'll hear me go through this and you'll you'll see how I scored it. But I had uh, Rihanna in that round myself. Yeah, I took Rihanna that round myself too. That was a bigger record. Cool. Okay, yeah. So that was the, that's a unanimous like. All right. Disturbia versus Loyal. I gave you Loyal because I'm I I played Disturbia um because I wanted all <clears throat> and then I said just because when I did my list I said I don't care what he plays I'm just gonna vibe to what I'm playing and yeah, that was-, I was going I was going through my head like making my list listening to Chris Brown saying all right this is gonna play so I need something for this and when Distur- um Wall of Wall played I'm like I'm coming automatically with Disturbia. This downside to that was you played loyal, and I automatically was like, "All right, I give it to loyal." Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Because that was a great, that was a great counterpunch, and that was one of the things that we saw a lot in that battle. Was every time that a big record came on, it was like, "Okay, another big record is coming on right after this." Because it was just it, there's there's a point in this battle where you guys just start swinging, and I'm like, "Fuck, I can't even call this round." Like, <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of those. I got a couple. Of those. They course said I started off with a list and I was just going down my list and then he started punching and I was like, Oh no, yeah, I got he, something. To say. So I listen and I taking stuff out of order. <laughs> yeah, as you know, as somebody who has done already two and I have like three or four more lined up, I'll tell you that that's exactly how that shit works out. Like you think in your mind, okay, I got this record for this record and this record for this record, and, and then somebody plays something early or at a time where you didn't expect it, and now it's like, okay, I have to play this record now because there's nothing that I have in this whole list that can beat that right now. 
Yeah, so I I gave it to Loyal. Was that unanimous again? Everybody yeah. was Loyal? Yeah, I yeah, gave, I thought, I gave yeah Loyal, that, that was the comeback hit. I had, to, I had to give that one. Chris Brown was fat. How many times have you seen Chris Brown fat in his career? He was fat. Fat Chris Brown always. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot he was fresh out of jail. I forgot he was about fat, that. Bro, he was fat. Yeah. <laughs> Third round was Don't Stop the Music versus Celebration. And while I'm a Chris Brown fan, Don't Stop the Music, I felt like that was my Oh, hate. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, was, that, yeah. that was a sweet, that round. I didn't, because I felt like uh, Celebration, I, lo- I don't get me wrong, I love that song. But I feel like there's other songs that could have been played right there that would have, you know what I'm saying, made it more of a closer matchup. But, you know, Please Don't Stop the Music, that shit rang off. Like, that was one of her first, if not the first, like, time branching off into like the whole EDM wave like and that's you know and that helped some of their biggest records are from that kind of genre so as soon as you played that and then you know I was expecting the big swing coming back from Will then I'm like you know okay maybe he's holding something for a later round or whatever but Rihanna took the third so it was just you know that's just the way that whole thing played out yeah it it became a strategy point at this at this time because I knew I had to get celebration out the way because it's one of his better songs but So I knew it was on. The, it had to be on the list somewhere. So I, I want to mm. go ahead and, and get that out. I was like, all right, just go ahead and, and give this one, so I don't waste uh, an auto win trying to battle that one song. No, yeah, definitely. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had to do that too. I threw one right down the middle of the plate for you. The next round, break it off, and then you fire back with yeah three times. And I was like, well, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that made it two and two. Yeah, I was like, well, okay, and. Here's where I had a draw. What's my name versus Kiss Kiss? I was like, yeah, was like, that, yep, that was the first draw round. Yep, you're absolutely right. That was tough. I was like, oh, he pulled out the Drake. Damn it. And you know what? I was tempted to go no guidance here, but it still would have been a that, that would have been an auto win for What's My Name because that was a bigger record. Even though like yeah, yeah. huge, What's My Name was a smash. I was like, I know I gotta go back with another smash. So mm-hmm. that had to use three. <clears throat> um, next round was S and M versus Take It to the Head, and I couldn't really score that because I didn't necessarily like either record. From and I'm mm-hmm. a fan of both. I didn't like either record, so I was just like, eh. Mm. So that would be um, my the draw here: S and M, Take It to the Head, because I just couldn't pick one. Um, I yeah, I kind of have to agree with that one because it was just like. You know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to give it to Take It to the Head right now. I'm about to say, Take It to the Head was fire. That was in the middle of, like, uh, Khaled's run, too, when he was just, like, hit, 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 when he had 90 people on the song. <laughs> nah, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep that one as a tie, because only because Take It to the Head was cool, but I like um, Would You Mind. Like, to me, that was the better Khaled record. Oh, yeah. Trust me, that was a whole list, too. You know, that was the better Khaled record. And um, what was the other one? The shit with, um, oh, um, Gold Slugs. Gold Slugs. Gold Slugs. That was my shit with yeah. the Khaled record. That was, so I was more expecting those two as opposed to Take It to the Head. Well, Take It to the Head was still a cool record. Like, it wasn't like, it's, it's not trash. Like, Well, what did you have that? Uh, that one, that one I had, Chris, because like, uh, Take It to the Head is one of my favorite Chris joints, and S and M, like, I like that song, but it's not one of my, like, it's not Rihanna one of the song. first ten. It's not, not one of the top ten songs I've mentioned for Rihanna, like, off jump. But I know it when I hear it. This is a uh, this round here. Um, 
this was referee telling both of us, all right, nigga, get to your corners. This was mm-hmm. diamonds versus take you down. And I was like, nope, <laughs> that's a draw. Mm-hmm. That that's definitely a was a draw. Because yeah. you know what? Like, I, the way I was scoring, it was like, okay, diamonds was a mega anthem. And then it's like, take you down as a culture mega anthem. Yep. Like, that, like, like diamonds was everywhere. And then take you down has never failed me when trying to get some cutty. So, like, <laughs> also, like, I, I think about it. I always try to think about things, too. Like, when I was judging stuff, like, I think about how it affected me and where, and also, like, yeah. where it was in, in music culture. So, mm-hmm. like, Diamonds was huge. But, like, I remember to this day, like, the internet uproar. Because people forget Chris was still, like, he was, like, Justin, he's, like, a black Justin Bieber. So this mm-hmm. was the first time Chris yeah. was talking nasty on a record, and a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And like, so we know the Chris Brown that we know now where this is normal, but this was the first time that that happened, and a lot of people did not like that. Mm, yeah, they didn't know how to react, and it, it, <laughs> it definitely got them out of their comfort zone, that's for sure. Yep. So, how'd you have that scored? Ty. That one I went, I went with Chris. <clears throat> oh, that was a tie. Biased nigga here. I went with Ty, too. This... Yeah, that was a tie. But that was a tie. Again, my preparation for this, when you played Take Me Down, I said I wanted that, and I said that on video, I wanted you to play that because my the next round was Sex With Me versus the Cake Remix with Chris Brown. And I said mm-hmm. I was waiting for Take You Down because I knew I wouldn't have a comeback for Take You Down unless they played like we played it in the same round. So when you played that, I said, perfect. Drop Sex With Me versus uh, Cake, and I gave that to Rihanna. Yeah, I gave, yeah Rihanna won that round. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm not a personal fan of that song of uh, Sex With Me, but it was a bigger record. The Cake Remix was just more so of a if you know, you know type of remix. Because I don't think that was, it was on the radio for like a couple of weeks and that was it. Yeah, yeah definitely. And and then it, the, the Cake Remix definitely got some side eyes from people too. Like, why the fuck are y'all even still yeah. in communication but with each they other? They were still like, dating at the time too. They, were, they had got yeah. like together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next round uh, was my tie. We Found Love versus Turn Up the Music. Yeah, that's a draw. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna give that round to Rihanna. Hmm. I, I'm gonna give that re- re- round to Rihanna just because I remember, again, I remember being out in that scene, and you know, turn up the music was always got a reaction. That's you know, a smash record. But I remember we found love was like a different. Because, you know, there's that EDM bag, and then there's that depressed EDM bag. And people tend to right. bump their fists a little harder when it's the depressed EDM bag. Like, so that shit, I, I mean, I don't know. It may, be, maybe, it may be my bias just because of that record. Because, I, again, and I'm going to point this out early, I have a Chris Brown record in here that as soon as Will played, it was an auto win. There was nothing oh, yeah, that could have played to win. <laughs> there's nothing that Corey could have played to win that round of me. So, you know, that might be my one Chris Brown. I mean, that might be my one Rihanna one. So... Well, where'd you have that? Uh, this is uh, we found love versus turn up the music. That's a draw. Like all, like I want to be biased, but that's a draw. <laughs> yeah. that, that was that was a referee. Mills Lane came out and said, "All right, my niggas, go to the corner." <laughs> and that was only exactly. round nine. Right. Uh, round this, ten. This was to get to our bag too. Yeah, I, I saw you switch gears at a certain point. Um, where have you been? Was round ten versus Fine China? I gave that to Fine China. Although yeah, where have you been that. was uh, get your glow sticks and yeah, definitely. But I gave that to Chris. 
I mean, Kristen, his MJ bag is different. And that's his most MJ record to date to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what did you... I did the same thing. That that was a personal one. Like, I, when I first heard that joint, I was like, yes, yeah, rap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nah, yeah. Like, you know what's People weren't fucking with Chris at that point either. They was like, "Yo, that record, that record is hard." <laughs> yo, bro, like, you know, it's the funny shit. Like, I remember hearing that record, and I'm like, "Yo, I don't even know what genre to classify this as, other than Michael Jackson." Like, this yeah. is Michael Jackson music. Like, yeah, it was, like, it was pop, but it, but Chris was singing R and B at that point. Yo, like, that's it, the that's the thing. Like, it was pop, but it had R and B like feel to it. Like, it was just it was it's a unicorn. Like, that's a unicorn song, bro. Like, you don't know what to categorize that as. I told my homeboy, I was like, "Yo." In a perfect universe, and the assault never happens. That record is a number one record. Like that is a that is a yeah, global, global, mm-hmm. a global number one full record. And it's because of who he was at that time. It it was still big. Like I think it still hit mm-hmm. like top ten. But that would have been like a game changer. Like mm-hmm. opportunity. So many missed opportunities, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to say in the middle of this, uh, me and Will do have another battle coming up. Usher and Chris Brown. Uh, he oh, Usher. I have Chris Brown, and I'm just going to tell you right now. I looked at That's... this list and said, I do not want to duplicate any Chris songs played here. Okay. And I That's... am Red no. T. Okay. Wait, you're not playing Fine China? Listen, CJ, CJ. I'm not wow. duplicating. Chris has too many records. Wow. To but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate. Like, I wouldn't even care if you repeated anything. This is Usher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Like, and you know, you, you know, like, I am a biased Chris Brown fan. This is Usher. Because before I was a huge Chris Brown fan, I was an Usher fan. Nah, you need yeah, to break it. <laughs> no, yeah, bro. Well, this is. Uh, CJ. I need you to trust me when I'm telling you. I, I trust Will, you. You know, I completely trust you. Better you. I, I know. Out. Hey, you came swinging with Rihanna better than I thought you would. So I'm ready. Um, round 11 was hard. Rihanna Jeezy versus Look At Me Now. I went with Rihanna that round. Breezy, easily. Yeah. Not breezy, easily. You said Breezy? Nah. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I went with nah. hard, bro. That first off, that beat the hard when um yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I remember that exact point in the battle because as soon as you played that after Fine China, my face crunched up and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gave that to I gave that to Reed. You gave it to Chris. Uh, I had to get this out of the way just because, but it was a mega hit, and I'm glad you did it with this round. Ponder Replay versus Run It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris. Yeah, Chris took that one. I gave it to I had, Chris. Too, I had but... to get I had to get Run It out the way. I was like, that's a, that was an auto win, depending on where I placed it. So I had to get yeah. that out the way. <laughs> Definitely. And okay, um, we did Run It, and then we did uh, You Needed Me, Rihanna versus Deuces. Chris and I gave that to Chris, even though Rihanna that you needed me because mm-hmm. that's just that a, was, a, oh, that beat. Whole, like you, yeah, that was just another you know, one. Was, you want to know what's funny? I, I think we should tag the uh, we should tag the actual Zoom battle in the description to this podcast so people can go and watch it. Absolutely, you need to, yeah, you need to see how like these records, the 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 reaction that they got from the people, how they rank the off, yeah, yeah, like yo, I, yo. Every single woman in that battle that was in that Zoom meeting 
you can see like how they started singing and like like they felt you needed me. And then when Deuces came on, it's like all the niggas was like, oh shit. And you know what? That was that was purpose. That was on purpose because I saw that. I like I'm sitting here watching with my shit on mute, and I'm like, nah, they the ladies love this record. I was like, yo, because uh-huh. I like you needed me, but I didn't realize a lot of a lot of women love that record so much the way they do. And I was like, yo, that's a bigger reaction than I expected. So I nah, had to go yeah, grab no, at that that's, point. That's, like I, I mean, had to grab. Candace never saying that in the like in the mirror when she was getting ready, like or nothing. Like she never, <laughs> I've de- I've definitely seen this. Like I've seen that happen with. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, I had a delivery guy just now, but um, I know you good. Quarantine life, brother. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm not gonna say I I didn't look at the reactions when I played that song because when that when it got the reaction it got, I was like, oh, okay. But I sort of kind of knew that who if whoever was in the crowd. They will respond to that song different, but 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 you knew it was crazy because you gotta like you could watch the girls' reactions, you gotta watch the guys' faces when that record dropped too. Because it's too yeah. like it's it's like when your mother in law walks in the living room, like I immediately knew, like, oh fuck, like <laughs> this is like damn, like yeah, like it was just it, it's that was a, that was a crazy round. That was a crazy You know what's funny? Round. As much as I love that record and I love that whole album rather, like me just replaying the song on my head, I was like, that is a mustard beat. <laughs> I was like, I've never, I've never paid that shit any mind. I was like, that is a mustard beat. Yeah, and then, um, I don't want to say this is a throw around, but if you don't know uh, this particular Rihanna record, you might have given this yeah. round Chris Brown, but Skin versus Sweet Love. Sweet Love is a, that's a, that was a, that was a personal deep cut of mine, because that's like mm-hmm. on, every slow jam playlist so like yeah that had to that, that was a personal thing but like I, I feel like if you don't that's an album cut if you don't listen to chris like that you're mm-hmm. not gonna really know sweet love because that wasn't a single yeah but that's what i said about that skin joint i'm like if if you don't know if you didn't listen to this rihanna record and hear this song and be like oh okay not nah, because at but, first when you played it because i was waiting for the, the song to kick in and i was like i don't know what song this is and then about halfway through, I was like, oh, "Okay, I've heard this before." So I wasn't even familiar, to be honest. I gave, I actually gave that round to Skin. I mean, as much as I love both records, Skin, I have more uh, history with. I was mm-hmm. so uh, you know that was just one of those joints that uh, it was definitely on one of those playlists. Let's just say that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it definitely, yeah. It definitely went down to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, SOS because I just was like, eh. Um, if now looking back at this and my own mistake, like I said, once we get into the bonus rounds, you'll see where I could have easily interjected one of these other bonus uh, bullets into this uh, clip. Um, I misunderstood it when we said features. I thought we were only doing, oh, well, it can be a Rihanna song if somebody's featured on it, but we couldn't do like, uh, Chris Brown featuring Rihanna. Like that that was my mm-hmm. misinterpretation of it. So when you played Post to Be, I was like, okay, this nigga's cheating. And then I was like, nah. <laughs> you, said, you said features. And that was my fault for not really uh getting into the features bag because yeah. and that was my other thing. And that's why I told you we needed to put a limit on it, because 
These niggas got features for days. They got features left yeah. and right, yo. Especially yeah. Chris. That's all Chris do. If you go down like the singles thing on his Spotify, like it's just nothing but other people's songs that he's on singing on the hook on. Like yeah. I'm talking about like hundreds of songs. But I gave that to Post to be. Yeah, even though that's Janae's song, that's not even on I'm my. About to say, yeah, even even yeah, people forget that like Chris is on that song because of the eating booty like groceries line got went viral. So yeah. people forget that that's a Marion song with Chris on it. <laughs> Janae stole the show. Yeah, I gave that the post to be uh, CJ. But you know, you know what? I, SOS, I get, I get like SOS was one of my favorite Rihanna records. So like I was over there jamming. <laughs> well, I mean, I told you that was uh that was still you know. Shiny Rihanna, oh, shiny forehead Rihanna. That energy is uh, <laughs> always going to be, you know, that's mm-hmm. it's hard to beat. But supposed to be, exactly, supposed to be is just one of those ones that got the bigger reaction on, I would think, every scale imaginable. Like, that's that's one of the, like, if, that, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the first songs that, like, had, like, viral memes and everything and, like, actually became, like, a mainstream thing. Like, oh, so. I booty like groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I just put this joint on it just because, just to be petty. I put the uh, Rihanna Chris in this next round, round sixteen. Nobody's <laughs> business versus Nobody. I didn't do out no guidance, and I was like, that's clearly no guidance. I just threw it out there just because yeah. of Rihanna Chris uh, joint, and I was doing it just to be petty. And you know what? I had that one in the tuck, like as one of my extras, just in case. Like I did, I had it just in case you pulled out the birthday cake remix. So like I had that I had it there just in case and you used it I was like all right cool. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know me and don't know what I look like I am light skinned I am a, a proud <laughs> member of the delegation. Uh, you know I you know I wave the flag proudly and uh, that's our national anthem. No guidance is our national no guidance. Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know when that was played I was immediately okay that's a no guidance round I don't care what's that's going a, on. That's the so. that's the toxic light skinned man anthem. Listen, I stood up. I stood up out my seat and I put my hand on my chest and I said, "I sang every word because that's our pledge of allegiance." <laughs> <laughs> you and got it, girl. You got it. You yes. played. You played that, and then I, as your bigger brother, had to tell you if you're gonna play a Drake record, play with your chest. And I threw work on versus yep. yeah. right by my auto side. Auto win. Auto win. Work is the auto win. That's shout to party next door. That was that was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, I was, I was, I was mad. I had to throw away that that Nicki record because that people forget like that was a big feature for Nicki when that shit came out. It was like, hell yeah, that was her what her first or second album. Um, mm-hmm. and Chris was still a megastar, so like she having him on the hook was that was a huge song when that came out. But yeah, work is mm-hmm. a beat. Yeah, work <laughs> was auto, yeah. Was auto loss. Yeah, it don't worry. I had an auto loss right after that because for whatever reason in my brain, me thinking because Stay was such a huge record, I should play. No, hey, no, no, no. This no. point in the battle, no. play Stay. No, we're gonna get it. No, we're gonna get into this. We're gonna get into this. You play. All right. You know, excuse me, miss. <laughs> like, okay, well, clearly I lost. We're that gonna one. get. We're we're gonna get into this. The only reason that that round was a loss is because Chris and more so Will didn't match the vibe on Stay. Mm-hmm. If you guys had went. With those same type of records, it probably would have been a different outcome. But he, yeah. instead of taking the bait and going with the slow jam, ended up going into the, the, the to the to the party bag and to the to the bigger like you know the bigger feel good music. Exactly because you know Chris Brown definitely has his share of of the of the depressed joints too, and I feel like if he had dipped into one of those, 
maybe stay would have took that round. I, I could probably say it most likely would have took that round. But mm. it was just different. It was the clash of different sounds. And unfortunately, people gravitated more towards Yo because it's a classic record. But and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Like, I had my last three rounds, I had those, like, programmed. Like, it didn't matter what he played. I was yeah. keeping those la- those three records to the end. And excuse me, yeah. Miss was one of them. And I felt like, yeah. I just knew, like, I, I felt like I was going to end it with three straight wins. Now, one of those is super debatable, but I feel like I put three of his strongest records at the end on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got that You got that one win, which is uh, Stay versus Yo, because the other two that I threw out afterwards, you we can d- decide together. But um, speaking about seeing the energy, just seeing, like, watching the room when Stay came on, it was like, oh, I got to get him back. Got to get him back. Got to get him back. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yes, he lost him. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was like, you had, Damn, you had him that in ain't the room, it. And they were just like, eh, that one didn't hit. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't it. So I played Umbrella, and then you played with you. Auto yeah, Umbrella, that's an auto win. <laughs> that's auto And I love with you. With you is one of my favorite Chris Brown songs. That was a Bro, auto win. <laughs> I said auto win for with you. That's my. That's the round for me. You know that. That's the. <laughs> I know. That's the. That's the round that I don't care. And you know it. No, no offense to Rihanna. There's nothing that she can play that's gonna beat with you for me. Nothing <laughs> in the entire in the entire. That's my favorite Chris Brown song ever. It was at this point um, when I was trying. Well, no, when I played work, I was trying to figure out my eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and I was surprised uh, that this song was still here. And I was like, "Oh, perfect! I'm gonna end it with this." And I ended it with "Pull It Up" and "You Played Forever." Which is a poured up yeah. on that. Poured up on that one. What? Poured up one that one, bro. <laughs> what? Poured up one's that one, bro. I, I was double mint commercial. What are you talking about? <laughs> listen, listen. You want to know where they not selling double mint at? The strip club, and that's where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the moment. That was the moment where my man, briefly, was the biggest superstar in the world. Like this dude was. The face of R&B, like he was the new Usher, like I said, in a double mint commercial. Like, bro, they, let me tell you they something. Do that second album just because of that one song, bro. Let me tell you something. I've, I've, I've never seen girls twerk to Forever. I've seen girls twerk to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole different era. <laughs> the end of the EDM era. Bro, this, like, listen. <laughs> when Pour It Up came on, when it comes on now, every girl's ratchet side. Come. Yes, exactly. You could yeah, be different. the most wholesome. You could be the most wholesome girl on the planet. That song comes on, your skirt goes up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and, a, it's a different reaction when that song comes on. Yo. And after I realized what happened, and when we did bonuses, I did um, this is what you came for. You played she ain't you. I gave that to you. She ain't you. But these next two, nigga, they were my right and left hook. Good night. Yep. And I should have played them. Mm-hmm. You messed up. I played Live Your Life and you played Body to Body. Which is mm-hmm. still a fire song. It's, body it's, body it's a fire you. song, but when Live Your Life against Live Your Life. Mm-hmm. Live Your Life mm-hmm. the monster. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was a tidal wave coming over. But the bigger tidal wave oh. that I kept as a bonus that I should have, like, because I myself. Misunderstood. I threw on 
big homie run this town and you put on my last and I'm like mm-hmm. that don't even no no matter what record you would have put on against run this town nothing mm-hmm. it was like I had already know like I was cause I was waiting on especially live your life I forgot about run this town I was waiting on and I was just like dog like it is because I, I had some records that I knew like if you played run this town I'm just throwing this record away so here <laughs> so but you didn't play it I was like Wow. But I'm not gonna hold you, Corey. You left you left a couple on the table. Like you left a lot on the table that you could have played in that playlist and would have gotten would have swayed different rounds in different ways. Like you didn't play Take a Bow, you didn't play Rehab, you didn't play Shut Up and Drive. Like you yeah. didn't play a lot of Shut Up and Drive was a surprise like, too. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like sh- like you didn't play a lot of records that I was like, yo, this could have gotten really, really ugly because then like Will would have had to tap into the deep Chris Brown bag because these are records that still get a reaction, but these are in the bag records. Like you know, anybody could pull up, you know, the most the popular. And also, records. like another rule that we had said was no mixtape Chris. So I had yeah. I could use oh man, that. yeah, yeah, that would have been I could that would have been crazy. Any of the mixtape Chris, so I had to use just studio albums. And honestly, I didn't touch his last two albums at all. Yeah, but you want to know what's crazy? And I was just going to get into that. You, it, that, Like, you guys left so much on the table that y'all can run that battle back and do, like, 10 to 15 records with completely different songs. Let yeah. me just be the first one to tell you that doing one of these and preparing for another one, having to narrow your list down to 20 songs, it seems, it seems like, oh, this is an easy task. When you look at somebody's mm-hmm. catalog and they have a gang of records and you like I only got to pick 20 um mm-hmm. that and having gone through it realizing that you can't pick stuff that you think is hot but you got to get stuff that's going to get the room yeah yeah yep yo let me tell you something bro after doing a few of these myself I'm I always pull up to every battle with 25 even if there's 20 records cuz I just don't know like <laughs> I don't know if it's a feature that you might play that I'm on that record, so I might have to swap out something for another spot. I don't know if we're nine times out of ten we're going to go bonus joints, and now I got to pull something out my ass in the later rounds. Like, I just, I don't know how. After last night and the battle that Juan and Fousey had with Bad Boy and So So Def, I'm going to have to start pulling up with 30 clips and better. Yeah. These men, these men agreed an hour before to battle 20 songs versus 20 songs and it ended up going to 35 rounds. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what's going to happen with this Usher, um, Chris. Yo, I know, yo, bro. It, 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 bro, me, the, the night before, I went with Tal and we did Jada Kiss versus Prodigy. We agreed on 20 rounds, it went to 25. <laughs> like, like it, just, it just happens, bro. It happens. Like, it, it's, it's, there's way too much music in these people's catalogs for you to just limit it to 20 mm-hmm. records. And that's the, the, the problem um, I had with uh, trying to do, because like I said, I got Chris, Will's got Usher. Me trying to think of just 20 songs, yeah, I might have to pull up with like a, a, a 30 clip. Yeah, you might have to. I, you might I, have to. I know, how I, my process typically, I go through their entire catalog started from the uh-huh. debut album to the most recent album. And I just save the joints that I like. And then I go back and I see what I'm missing. I'm like, all right, are there any major, major, massive, obvious hits that I'm missing? And then I try to pare that list down. And like, when I was done with Chris, I had like, I think like 35, 40 songs off rip. 
without any mixtape stuff. And I was just like, oh, I got touched Corey. I was like, yo, 20 songs. This is going to suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, um, and doing this, and I don't know why Tao wants to take all these beatings that he's taking, but apparently he he wants to do, um, he's given, no, not given. I told him I'd take Jay-Z against anybody. And he told me that he was going to use Dipset against me but i couldn't yeah. use like a um but you can't use any dipset members in any era records no he said i could like and this is where he's going to lose on just b-sides he told me that i can take um use whole stuff it can be a whole feature but it can't be like what we do is wrong with somebody else's song i said no problem oh my god no problem no. <laughs> he's wow die. no problem he's gonna wow. die no problem. I didn't, record, I, didn't, like, I didn't know. I didn't know he agreed to that battle. Wow. That was well, his yeah, stipulation. And you know what? I'm surprised somebody hasn't done it. Has it's, nobody's done Jay Z and Nas right yet? No, nah, they did Biggie, Biggie Nas. That was CJ. They did yeah. Biggie Nas. I'm like, yo, Jay Z and Nas. That got to be thirty off rip, possibly thirty five. The funny shit is the funny shit. A lot of people were calling Biggie and Nas closer than I had it. I mm-hmm. feel like he brought. I feel like he brought a lot of the the the. I, I feel like he made it a fight as much as he could with Nas, but I still feel like Biggie won that one. And the record, like I know, I mean, like Biggie, won. Biggie has too many legendary records. Like yeah, yeah, Nas yeah, yeah, has yeah, yeah. good exactly. records. Biggie exactly. has legendary exactly. records. Like Sam, I feel like you know, and then there was I a feel point like, in that battle. I had it. Uh, it was. I think it was round six. I had it five one CJ. I'm like, if this nigga don't start swinging, I'm I'm closing out of this, no, and I'm and going back away. No, but what made, but see that battle was at least closer because then I feel like with my Jadakiss and Prodigy battle with him, which he asked for, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't throw the challenge out there with Jadakiss. I just, you know, I didn't like how everybody was kind of shitting on Jada's name when in that thread, and I'm like, yo, y'all really forgetting how much Jada has contributed to the game. So I agree. I mean, that one on, and it was just like, yo, um, I feel like that battle. Until I want to say his last five rounds, I was killing him. Like I feel like, like I feel like that was like, bro. At one point, I looked at the thread and somebody had to scored like twelve to two or twelve to three or Good some wild Lord. shit like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, like this is like, it was it was it was different, bro. It was definitely. Well, yeah. So, um... I think people. Aren't thinking because I've got the people that who've been winning these battles like you, like you and me, Corey. I've been fighting well. CJ won one. Um, trying to think who else had a, a CJ, CJ won two. CJ won two. I won two. <laughs> CJ <laughs> won two. But like the ones who are winning are the ones who are thinking about it, like us thinking about it strategically. The ones who are getting smacked are the ones like, ah, I'll make a list and just play these records. No, <laughs> like it's a battle, like you can't. Like, you could play my favorite record in the world, but the person before you played a smash, like, I got to give them the point if I'm being objective. Yo, you know what's crazy? I, and I said it, too, before the, before the Jadakiss and Prodigy battle had happened. I said it because it, it was easy for me to make my Jadakiss playlist. I came up with that mm-hmm. maybe 15, 20 minutes tops. The two days prior to the battle, I was listening to nothing but Prodigy. Because I'm like, That's I got to know, I gotta know yeah. what he's going to play. And what he could possibly play, so I know exactly when to drop what I need to drop. Right. Like I should, like you know, I showed him I had a list before the battle even started, and I'm like, 
it was it was great because the first battle with Biggie, I had to go first. So he was countering everything and that kind of like affected the momentum a little bit. That's why I had to play like whenever we was going straight street records, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to play, you know, one more chance because you don't got one of those. I'm going to play, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to play all the girl records because I know Nas don't. What you going to play? Uh, you owe me with Genuine? Like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I kind of dictated the pace. With the second one, when I was going second, I'm like, now I kind of control the flow because you, however you set it off, I could shake the room easier with a good punch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why I needed to, I needed to, I was listening to Prodigy just to see what he had. And I, I'm not going to front a lot of the records that I thought he was going to play, he didn't play. I'm and, just and that's where, right go now, ahead. I'm telling y'all mm-hmm. right now. This nigga better use every dipset anthem, every uh old boy <laughs> in his bag because it's gonna be a long night. At first, I was gonna do a stipulation. I wanted um because uh I think uh Davian said he mentioned Drake in terms of when I said I'll take Jay Z against anybody, he said, well, What about Drake? And I'm like, all right, nigga, let's do the battle, but let's just do B side. Yeah. He was like, Nah, I wasn't saying I was gonna take the battle, I'm just saying like Drake would be one of those somebody need to like, do it. Right, okay. I'll take I'll take I'll take Drake B sides against Hov B sides. I'll be down for that too. That that is even if you just do hit for hit, that I, that that would be a lot closer than people don't want to get would want to give uh, Drake benefits for. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna do, figure out when we're gonna do this. Usher Chris Brown, and let me just tell I, you, I, I, similar to CJ, I go through. I've gone through every Usher Essentials playlist on both Apple, Tidal, Spotify. Because <laughs> I'm like, nah, I know what he's going to play. And I, mind you, I said I'm trying not to duplicate any song that you played. You wilding. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting this. I'm putting this out here right now. That is not my requirement. You were bugging it. I mean, if you want to do that, by all means. But you know why? You I'm know why I'm not. You know why I'm not bugging. Chris just put out two CDs, eighty songs worth of music. Correct. Right. I'm, I'm gonna put it this way. This is from a Chris Superstand. Most people are not gonna know those records off rip. They, they got, trust me. You left a lot of stuff on the table with the Usher, Chris, and even with um, what was it? Usher versus who? Trey songs. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff that Tal left off the table uh, yo, too. I'm like, who had who had Usher in that battle? Because there was no Tal. reason that that Trey Song should should beat Usher. There's no way. Like, what do you do? I, mean, I don't. I didn't have Trey beating him, but I definitely had it a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I saw. Well, I, I saw a lot of people gave it to Trey, and I saw a lot of people who had that battle way closer than what it should have been. Bro, it didn't I missed that, you, I missed that battle. I was packing order. <laughs> bro, but then you look at but then you look at Drake versus Lil Wayne that happened, and look at how that battle turned out. And that's I mean that's a, and that's what I'm saying. That battle was a lot closer than what it should have been because of placement. If people were yeah, placing yeah. if people were placing placing songs strategically instead of just playing, oh, this is a hit. I'm just gonna play it. Like no, not only it, I mean that battle that would have battle, been a lot closer. That battle, I feel like people weren't even playing records because they were hits. I feel like they were playing personal records. Like personal right. favorites, yeah. Like I it feel like way too many, it was way too many deep cuts. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like, and and that's that was my thing because that was the battle that I actually had my sister and her boyfriend actually listening. They were in the in the Zoom chat with us, and they were even asking me like, "Yo, why is he playing these records for Drake? Like, you Drake has so much music. Like, 
so many number ones that he didn't play. Like, he, I mean, dude, even though they could have got Wayne out of here quick, yo, bro, there was. There was deep one cuts, point, I'm like, man, you can you can haymaker the hell out of this, and they, they yo, let it go. Bro, yo, oh. bro, there was there was one point that my face was sitting in my palm because I was like, why, why is this happening like this right now? Like that's and, and this is no slight to Little Wayne, it, it, you know, Weezy is one of the greatest ever, but we're talking about the man who has number one more number one records than the Beatles at this point, right? Like you know what I'm saying? Like it it's not the that highest hard. Of all time, like he passed uh, Eminem last year. Yeah, like the high rapper of all time. It's not that hard to get somebody out of here with Drake. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Um, I do. Like I said, this is this is crazy fun. Uh, we gotta do this again. Uh, we got some battles for y'all to look out. We gonna uh, tag the video so y'all can go back and see what we're talking about. But uh, I need a show from both of you guys. You know how this goes. Uh, what you've been watching is quarantine. Uh, you haven't finished Netflix yet, so uh, what are you watching? What should the people be watching? I have finally finished Breaking Bad. Um, I have my own thoughts about it, but I enjoy I enjoy my run. Um, and I just finished Dave the other day, Little Dicky show. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it starts off yeah, a little that, that's just... of of ATL, but in the end, it finds its own groove, and it's fantastic on Hulu. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I definitely watch Dave, too. That's one of my favorite shows that's out there right now. Um, I finally, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of late to the party with everything that's been going on. But uh, I finally started and finished The Boys on Amazon Prime. That oh, show was bananas. fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, show that, show, that show was bananas. I love that show, bro. So that's, that, that's probably my pick for everybody to go check out and watch if you haven't already. Because it's kind of dangerous already at this point. They already... Yeah, they they uh they already moved it to uh, season two. They got season two in production. But um yeah, if you haven't checked out season one yet, go ahead and do yourself that favor. It's uh it's a little off the wall, you know, a little out there, but the concept is crazy, the show is crazy, it's it's super dope. And mine is a movie, not necessarily a show, uh, but Den of Thieves. I watched it the other day and forgot how dope that movie was. Fire, fire. With fifty Gerard Butler yep. and uh mm-hmm. O'Shea Jackson. You know, I own that movie. I need to watch it. <clears throat> I wa- I rewatched it, and it's fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just Great movie. The, the writing of it, like, it's dope. And one probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It just made me reminisce to Heat. And if you've seen Heat before, the movie Heat with Robert Nero and Al Pacino, you'll understand what I'm saying when you watch Dinner Thieves because. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the greatest 10 minutes of cinematic, uh, like you said, a cinematic adventure history is the 10 minutes of heat where they're just in the street. There's no music. There's no talking. It's just niggas firing off assault <laughs> rifles at each other. Just letting it ring for like 10 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That movie's classic. But yeah, Den of Thieves. Um, Gentlemen, I do thank you guys for uh, taking time to come up here and hang out with little old me on your Anything. Saturday, Friday, Monday, two, whatever day this is today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, do appreciate you guys. Um, that's kind of all I have. Get your excuses ready. Oh, no, no, no. Store your excuses so you have them when you go back to work because there's going to be some... Uh, <laughs> new ones you can use during this time but uh definitely 
when go and work and start coughing the day they open up and that'll be are you okay yeah yeah you okay i think i have a little symptoms you get an extra 14 day vacation Mm -hmm. so that's it that's all i have uh until next time you guys got anything uh to plug while you're up here um i may or may not be getting back into the media game soon so that remains to be seen but until then to you know keep up with me and everything going on with me you know you can follow me on ig at cjny.nyc that's c-e-e-j-a-y.nyc or if not you know just look up your boy on facebook cj morales uh and you can find me on twitter at cj tweeted and uh that's about it for me that's all i got you can find me on Twitter and ID, both the same, Will123Pins. Uh, the business pages are just 123Pins on Twitter and ID and Facebook. Uh, keep up with us. We got a shirt dropping in about another two weeks. Uh, just follow us up, man. I always give, give, give people like a good heads up before we drop something so that you can uh, be ready. Uh, but, yes, yeah, just 123Pins at IG and Twitter, Will123Pins, my personal. Yeah, man. Well, that that's it. These two niggas got stuff in the making. I'm just up here, you know. Whatever. Actually, <laughs> Pardon. Actually, I think Pardon. right now is a good time for us to, you know, jump on that Call of Duty Warzone wave. Oh, we are. We are. What do you think I've been doing this entire time? Oh yeah, no, we, yeah. I'm about to fire it up. Then we live. This can't walk in two All right. Love yeah. You. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>